Uh, there's books been written on it. Uh, I did not read it pur- purposefully. I'm a little bit concerned. It was such a great book. I'd try to make it mine, but there is a lot of messages been preached on this thought. I want you to stay with me. Look in 1 Kings chapter 10 and verse number 14. Now the weight of gold that came to Solomon in one year was 603 score and six talents of gold. Besides that he had of the merchantman and of the traffic of the spice merchants and of all the kings of Arabia and of the governors and of the country, King Solomon made 200 targets of beaten gold, 600 shekels of gold went to one target. And he made 300 shields of beaten gold. Three pound of gold went to one shield. And the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. Now I know you're saying, I ain't never heard preaching, but the thought tonight is, don't settle for substitutes. And that's been preached. It needs to be preached. But thinking about that thought, notice what the Bible says, that when Solomon got all of this gold, he stuck it over there uh, to, to make himself rich. That's not what he did. The Bible said he took that gold and he made these 200 targets of beaten gold. 600 shekels of gold went to one target. And he made 300 shields of beaten gold. Three pound of gold went to one shield. And the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. Father, we pray today that you'd help me to preach. Help me to mind you. Help me to glorify your name. Father, help me. Lord, I pray to exalt your name. You're worthy of praise. And Lord, I pray today that we keep our Bible open, that we'd study this truth tonight. Lord, I almost feel like it's a, a Bible lesson, a Sunday school lesson. Maybe, Lord, a series, but I, I need you to help us, Lord, to stay in tune with what you have for us. We're in dangerous waters in our time. And, Lord, we don't need to accept substitutes for the real substance. And, and Lord, we know that without you, Lord, our discernment will be weakened and we will fall prey to the many substitutes that's being offered and peddled by the world, the flesh, and the devil. We pray you keep us on watch and be the watchmen and the watchwomen of the kingdom of God. Help us, Lord, I pray. Tune our discernment in a little tighter tonight, we pray, for your glory. And help us, Lord, to be grateful for the truth and be satisfied with no substitute. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. I want to preach on this thought. The theme is accept no substitutes. But don't be satisfied with substitutes. But my, my text, my title of the message tonight is everything that glitters is not gold. I know they make country songs out of it. That's not the first time they used. The first time that we have in history that that term was used, it was used by a French monk who made the statement, do not hold everything for gold, 
that shines like gold. Shakespeare wrote a play called The Merchant of Venice and he used that term, everything that glitters is not gold. Uh, but if you'll find in your King James Bible, uh, before they ever used it in a play, uh, uh, before anybody ever said it and sung it in a song, uh, uh, before this French monk ever made a statement uh, uh, saying don't accept things that look like truth to be truth unless you know it to be truth. Here, here, before any of that happened, we find it laid out in 1 Kings in chapter number 10. I, I believe today the warning is I accept no substitutions. Things that are different are not the same. You're going to hear me say that. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? Well, let me just show you how folks can be imposters. I, I read about this man. I've told Noah about it. I've told Michelle about it. Here's this man. You can look him up. There's a movie been made about him. His, his name is Fernandad Demara. He was born in 1921, died in 1972. He lived an interesting life for three decades. He taught psychology, worked as a zoologist, served as a dean of philosophy at Pennsylvania's Ganon College. He taught science at a Catholic boys' school. He did cancer research in Seattle. He worked as a civil engineer in the Yucatan. He directed a student counseling center. He taught Latin, English, and French at a high school in Maine. He served as a deputy sheriff in Washington. In state. He was a law student. He served as an assistant warden in a Texas prison. He counseled, term, he counseled terminally ill patient at Good Samaritan Hospital in Anaheim, California. And, and what probably the biggest thing crazy that he ever did was he, he posed himself as a lieutenant surgeon in the Royal Canadian Navy. He absorbed all he could from medical texts, journals, and successfully operated on several patients. On one occasion, he was in a less than favorable condition, and uh, there was a bullet within an inch of a patient's heart. And he was hailed as the miracle doctor uh, for touching this man and working on this man. And you say, preacher, man, he's brilliant. He's smart. He's educated. You know, the truth is he never even graduated high school. He was an imposter. He didn't know anything. He taught himself, learned some books, uh, but they made a movie called The Great Imposter. You say, preacher, man, there's no way that he can do things from the state to Canada to Korea, to Maine, to Texas. It didn't matter what country he is in. It didn't matter what state he is in. He'd take on a whole new role and, and read a few books and, and become successful in that area. Maybe he was a brilliant man. But the point I'm making is he never was real. He was fake. He was an imposter. I remember when Coke come out with that new Coke. It fizzled. It flopped. Almost bankrupt because it wasn't the real thing. Some Somebody say amen. The, the Joshua Lynch and him sing a song, Make Mine the Real Thing. I, I want what's real. They, they remind me when folks put on this uh, facade of being real when they're not real.
feel. They, they, they don't remind me of Coke. They might remind me of 7-Up slogan. That is, they never had it and they never will. Say amen. And First Kings is the first time you see these men. And it looks like that Solomon has made the shields of gold. We're going to come to the story in just a little bit. And they're going to be stolen. And then somebody's going to try to fake everybody out and make the same kind of shields out of brass. Listen to me. If things that are not the same, hey man, things that are different are not the same. And just because they're shine don't mean they're gold. And we should not accept a substitute for the truth. I'm going to walk through the text just to show you a few things. Notice with me in verse number 14. These shields, these shields that Solomon had, they are symbolic. Notice the Bible said he received 366 talents. This is just in one year. In other words, if you convert that to pounds, it's 69,544 pounds of gold. Solomon had, he had a slight twist uh, to that little Midas touch. And to, instead of turning everything uh, that he touched into gold, uh, he turned gold into everything. He put it on altars, put it on the wall, put it on everything because it was his goal to magnify his God. Uh, if you look in the Bible and verse number 16, it'll say that he made these targets. These targets uh, uh, was a large shield. Uh, he also made 200 large shields, uh, 600 shekels of gold apiece. He made the small shields, 300 small shields. Uh, uh, in verse 17, three pounds uh, uh, to each shield. Uh, he put these shields in the house uh, over there in the forest of Lebanon, the, one of the dwelling places of Solomon. He would have guards hold these shields uh, and this house that he built and, and he would have them line up the hallway and you walk down with these mighty men holding these gold shields. I mean, he, he was a display. It was an ornament. It was a parade of wealth. Solomon also built a house called the Temple of God. Y'all know David laid a lot of it up. Then they sent this gold to him. Hey man, I'm going somewhere. Y'all stay with me. And no building in history has ever matched what he did in that temple. In fact, in 1925, they tried to see if they could figure out how many billion of dollars it would have took to build the temple. The cost of the building alone in 1925 without the vessels of gold, without the furnishings of gold, without the furnishings of brass, just the building and the gold and the decor that went in the building would have cost $87 billion. Considering how much building products has went up lately, it would have estimated to be around $700 billion just to build the temple. There's never been a building like it. There'll probably never be another building. When Solomon built something, he built it as a tribute to the glory and the majesty of his mighty God. Because all through the Bible, when you see gold, it speaks of deity and sovereignty. But it don't just speak of our sovereign, of our Savior. It speaks of saints. Remember the Bible says that we'll come forth as a gold tried in a fire. But the psalmist says it's not just depictive of the sovereign, not just depictive of saints who's been through forgiveness and redemption 
uh, but it's also a picture, he said, of the scriptures. And so when Solomon built uh, this mighty temple and lined the hallway even to his own house, it was as if he says, everything that I am and all that I love and all that I adore is a divine sovereign and his holy scriptures. And thank God for just being his servant. Amen. And Solomon's dwelling. Amen. All everywhere you went, you saw in Solomon's dwelling these. You saw the gold everywhere, but you saw these shields. You saw them as an imposing sight down there in Solomon's house. Picture it like this. For more than the length of a football field, these shields were held by men and lined up. And to go to Solomon's house, you had to walk. No wonder the queen of Sheba said, the half hasn't been told. I've heard about your might. I've heard about your wealth. I've heard about your majesty. And she saw all those servants coming and being fed, all the decor in his house, all the majesty of the temple. But when she saw him approach the holiness of the, and the sovereignty and the respect that he had for God, hey man, she knew then the half has not been told. Hey man, in 2 Samuel, y'all keep your Bible open. You'll need them tonight. Hey man, we Wednesday night Bible study tonight. Take your Bibles over in 2 Samuel in chapter number 7. In 2 Samuel in chapter number 7, I want you to see this. In 2 Samuel in chapter number 7 and in verse number 22, you'll notice what the Bible says. Wherefore thou art great, O Lord God, for there's none like thee, neither is there any God besides thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. Here's what Solomon says, I know who you are and I want to magnify who you are. These shields in other words were a testimony they were a tribute to the person of God. But not only y'all have heard me say it already they were not only a testimony to God's person they were also these shields these, the magnificence of these shields, the symbolism of the shields were a testimony to God's people. They served as a reminder of God's blessings upon his people. You say, preacher, how? Well, think about this, friend. For 400 years, and, and everybody in here knows how. if you check out the Bible, how many generations are in 400 years. And for generation after generation after generation, they have been in Egypt under the taskmaster's whip and slaves. Brother Jared, for they didn't have nothing and they come out with enough gold. They said there wouldn't have been enough trains running all over when the trains were running wide open to carry the amount of gold that the million plus Jews brought out of Egypt when they spoiled the Egyptian. I say hallelujah. The hand of God was on this crown. Amen. And they were slaves and yet they come out with all this gold, all this silver, all this brass, all of these things 
things so that not that they might be rich, so that they could worship God. They could build a tabernacle. They could lay up wealth for a temple. They could, hey man, I say hallelujah. I wonder today what you're laying up riches and wealth for. Are you just trying to live on easy street? Are you just trying to get to the place? Man, I'm going to tell you, God help us. Everything that we have is God's. And we need to realize these gold shields were a symbol of the person of God. They were a symbol of the people of God, a testimony to the people of God. I want y'all to see what happened. Not only were these shields a symbol, they were stolen. Look back in 1 Kings. Look back in 1 Kings. Amen. In chapter number 14, we're going to go over just a, a few chapters. In chapter number 14, I've got to lay all this groundwork before I can share with you a short thought. Look at 1 Kings in chapter 14 and verse 25. And it came to pass in the fifth year of King Rehoboam that Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem, verse 26, and he took away the treasures of the house of God. So I've already said, let's back up, let's remember what we've said. Those gold, all the gold that came to him in one day, all the gold that God let them have left over from the tabernacle, from the wealth as they come out from slaves was symbolic of the person of God. It reminded them of how holy and God, amen, and the sovereignty of God, the scriptures that God had entrusted the people of God. So it reminded of sovereignty of God, the scriptures of God, and the saints of God. And so when you saw that gold, you thought God has redeemed the people. God has left a book talking about the redemption of people. And God will provide himself a lamb because, amen, gold is what was on the inside where the offering was accepted in the tabernacle brass was on the outside where the sacrifice was judged but when you got to where God was it was nothing but gold brother Tony and when we get to heaven guess what they paved the streets with gold hallelujah so man when you walked in the temple and went to Solomon's house it's all about God it's all about the scriptures it's all about the saints so there was symbolism there. But then watch what happens. It's happening in our day. The things that remind us of the scriptures, the things that remind us of our Savior, the things that remind us of who we are as saints is being stolen. Look what the Bible said in 1 Kings 14, verse 25 and 26. I already read 25. Listen again at verse 26. And he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king house. And he, he even took away all. Who did? Shashak took this gold, these shields, these gold, took away all the shields of gold which Solomon had made. See, years have passed. Solomon's dad, Rehoboam, his son, sits on the throne. And in the fifth year of his reign, Shishak, king of Egypt, attacks Jerusalem, loots the temple, loots the king's house, steals the very thing that Solomon... You, you know what concerns me? You know what concerns me, brother? I've been to these churches. I'm talking about... I, I've been to... The, I don't want to name it, but I went to a good church in Lincoln, in North Carolina, because I think the man there is trying to do a good work. On Wednesday night, they had a hundred 
150 people on Wednesday night in a country church in the middle of nowhere. And I'm talking about walked in, first song sung, it was on. Yeah, I, 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 you say, I mean on. Folks shouting praise the Lord, getting right, souls getting saved. If you go to that church today, they might be a handful of people. What am I saying? God ain't changed. God's still able to send revival. God's still saving souls. God, what's happening is, what's happening is the treasures down at the house of God and the things that we hold precious when one generation falls off the scene if we don't pick it up friend they'll be stolen by the devil and that crowd from Egypt somebody help me I need some young people. I tried to get David. David didn't want to stay down here by himself. I, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to get David a bunch of young people. I'm gonna put some recruits on the front row. Hey man, I'm gonna add them on to shout. Hey man, I'm gonna try to raise them up to shout. Hey man, hallelujah! I said, David, go get Colin. Drag him down the front row. Hey man, I'm putting them on notice. I'm gonna try to get them here Sunday morning. We need folks to realize that it's still real church. It's still right. Hey man, we still need to reveal. God, we still need to reveal, thank God, and revel in the scriptures, and we ought to rejoice with fellow saints. Don't let the world steal what God's entrusted you with. Amen. Notice this in just a few years, He basically, these shields were stolen, they were an indication of God's displeasure. God is God. Y'all do believe in the providence. Let me put it like this. Y'all do believe in the sovereignty of God. I know you do because you go to this church. We believe God's in control. Would you say amen? amen? Ultimately, using bad things and good things to work for our good and His glory, would everybody say amen? Even things that we don't understand, somehow God's going to put it in the big mod podge and get glory out of it. I don't understand it all, but God can. Y'all do believe that. He's sovereign. He sits on the throne. He runs. He rules. He holds the planets in their spots. Amen. He keeps this earth rotating at the right degree and at the right distance from the sun so we don't freeze or burn up. He's in control of everything, and here's every, are y'all with? That's that God that we serve. Now, here are these shields. They're going to be stolen. I've already told you that they came and took the shields of gold which Solomon had made. Preacher, why? Why, why were these shields stolen? Look at your King James Bible. Make sure I'm not preaching out of something else. I want y'all to stay with me. Look at 1 Kings in chapter 14. Look at 1 Kings 14, verse number 22. And Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord. You know why God allowed that to happen, brother? Oftentimes, God uses a wicked nation to judge his righteous people. Say amen. You know what we're getting right now? We're getting what we deserve from the White House. Somebody help me. I feel like preaching there. I'm trying to stay off of it. Amen. Woo! Hey man, I'm going to be on recovering fundamentals before it's over with. It's the truth, friend, right here. I ain't recovering for nothing, by the way. Amen. The Bible says, And Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord. This is why it was an indication of God's displeasure. This is why the shields are being stolen. Verse 22, look at your Bible. They did evil in the sight of the Lord. Watch it. And they provoked him to jealousy with their sins which they had committed above all their fathers. Now I'm going to tell you right now, if you claim to be one of God's people, you can't get away with fornicating. Somebody help me. 
You can't get away from committing adultery. You can't get away from running around on your wife. Somebody help me. I mean, I, I want to start naming them, cussing. Right? Are y'all with me? All the way down to it. You ain't getting away with nothing. Amen. Amen. They had committed above all that their fathers had done. Look at verse 23, 1 Kings 14. For they also built them high places, images and groves. And on every high hill and under every green tree. And there were also, watch this, watch your King James Bible. I ain't making this up. We're, let's go back to verse 24. Has everybody got a Bible? Lift your hand. Is everybody in 1 Kings 14? Is everybody looking at verse number 24? And there were also Sodomites in the land. God allowed the precious things that reminded them. Uh, oh man, I feel like God. Uh, everything that reminds us of the sovereignty of God, our Savior, our, our Lord, our, our, the sovereign God, that rem- those precious things like the Word of God, the precious things like being around the house of God and the sanctuary. And, and, and God allowed them gold shields to be stolen because they sinned and they, they turned a blind eye to a bunch of sodomites. That's men with men, in case y'all ain't figured that one out. That ain't alternative lifestyle. That's straight from hell. That's straight from hell. God showed us what he thought about it when he rained fire down on that crowd and burned all of them up. And he said he ain't changed his mind because in the book of Jude, he said he did it as an example showing us what he thinks about it. Somebody say amen. You can't be a practicing sodomite and go to heaven. Is everybody all right? That's Bible right there. It's abomination. That's against nature. How's two men? That's sick anyway. I've done a lot of things since I was lost. I'm going to tell you, that ain't never been no problem. Say amen. Amen. There were sodomites in the land, and they did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord cast out. In just a few years, the people went from a holy life to a hellish life. And is that not what's happening around you? Can you not see it? I mean, God help us, amen. You ain't got to go to a red light district no more. It's everywhere. I I mean, God have mercy. Look at verse 22. I'm going to just remind you. Put out beside of your Bible, that's social defilement. I already read it to you in your hearing. They did evil on the side of the Lord. They were socially defiled. Everything was okay. Anything was all right. They didn't know what bathroom to use neither. That wasn't a no new thing. Say amen. That's sin right there. Amen. Amen, preacher. They don't know what. It, it ain't, don't take a genius to figure out what gender you are. When you got your birthday suit on, look in the mirror and you'll know it. Say amen. Social defilement. Amen. A spiritual departure. Look at verse number 23. They built high places, images, and groves on every hill. They took them a bunch of pagans and said, we're going to do it like y'all do it. We're going to thank God's a tree. I remember going out witnessing over at Mill Springs. I think it was when you go down by Charlie McGuinn's store in... Uh, in my, Help me out, Savannah. When you go down there at Charlie McGrill's store to the right and right past it, ain't there a trailer park on the left? Okay, right there. I was over there visiting, and this witch come out one day. She said, I'm going to put a hex on you. I said, help yourself. Greater seas in me than he is in this world. Boo, you don't scare me. Amen. Amen. I went to throwing scriptures at her. Amen. I mean, literally. Throwing tracks at her. I was throwing tracks at her. And I said, ma'am, I said, hold up. Time out. 
let me ask you, what do you worship? Because I know you worship. She said, I worship this oak tree right here. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, Michael Kerr, he goes to our church. He tells me to tell every tree hugger this, hug a logger and you'll leave the log alone. Say, amen. Well, he said, that's what he told me to tell you. Amen. I said, you have to take it up, Michael, if you don't like it. He lives in Green Creek on Highway 9. The, the, the reality of it, Brother Tony, is they worship everything. See, to not worship God is a worship in itself. Uh, to claim yourself as an atheist, you are worshiping yourself. Say amen. And they were spiritually, they departed. They worshiped totem poles. They worshiped them dream catchers. Them Ouija boards. And that H-O-R-R-O-R, horoscope, tarot cards, palm reading, necromancy. Man, don't make me have to name everything. Y'all just give me a little amen and I'll keep going. They had a social defilement. They had a spiritual departure. Everybody wants to be spiritual. You know, now, now they talk about this religious exemption and stuff. You don't even have to have Bible verses. You can just say, I'm spiritual. Anybody can be spiritual. The devil's spiritual. Just what kind of spirit are you worshiping? Say amen. They spiritual departure, but then there was moral depravity in verse number 24. Hey, listen, I'm talking about anything goes. You know what's the sad thing is? They're teaching our young people in high schools, middle schools, all the way down to elementary schools that it's all right for two women to uh, tell me. You can, I got two mamas. Man, God have mercy. I'm going to tell you what happened back in 1989 when we went to... Amen. Amen. They've been a party all right. Those stolen shields were an indication of God, of God's displeasure with the nation. And do you think, do you think... God's still in control, but what's slipping away from us, the devil ain't taking it, Brother Tony. We're giving it up. We're letting him have it. Ain't nobody stand for the Bible. Don't read it enough to stand for it. Don't know what the Bible says. We don't know what the scriptures believe. We eat each other for lunch. Instead of loving on the saints, we hurt the saints. Amen. Somebody help me. God help the sovereign God or to be number one in your life. Amen. They were indication of God's displeasure. They were indication of God's discipline. Look at 1 Kings 9. God had been very clear from the beginning. Before he ever let it happen, he'd already told them, amen, in, in chapter number nine, if thou wilt walk after me, and as David thy father walked, and the integrity and uprightness, do according to all that I commanded, keep my statutes and judgment, then will I establish the throne of and the kingdom upon Israel forever, as I promised to David thy father, saying, Thou shalt not fail thee, a man upon the throne of Israel, verse six, but if thou shalt at to at all turn from following me ye watch this or your children and will not keep my commandments and statutes which I have set before you but go and serve other gods and worship them verse 7 he's already told them what's going to happen then will I cut off Israel out of the land which I have given them this house which I have hollowed for my name will I cast out of my sight and Israel shall be a proverb and by the glory had waned and their Greatness had wilted. They were a wicked and a weak nation. The glory had departed. God had turned them over to be judged. And what's true for the nation of Israel 
in these texts is true for America. It's true for churches. Brother, I'm, I'm scared to death that we're surrendering our separation. We're surrendering our service. See, the shields were symbolic. The shields were stolen. But I believe the shields, they tried to substitute them. Look at 1 Kings chapter 14. Look back at chapter 14. Now remember chapter 14 is when they came in. They started worshiping other gods. God said, hey, he said, you're socially depraved. Hey, I'm going to have to judge you. I'm bringing the judgment of God. I'm going to discipline you. I disapprove of what you're doing. Hey, let me just ask y'all right quick. I don't know. I'm skipping over it too quick. I don't know if y'all getting it. Do you think it's all right to have somebody over health and human resources that don't know what they are? You think it's all right? You think God just thinks it's okay to kill babies in the womb? I remember preaching on thou shalt not kill, preaching on the Ten Commandments. If if y'all would just study a little bit of what abortion is, you'd realize how terrible that is. And God, God's not going to, God help us. There's always a remnant that's going to get in the glory. Church, I don't know about y'all. I want to be in that remnant that's getting in the glory. That's still making much of the sovereign. That's making much of the scriptures. That's making much of saints. That's making much of the sanctuary because if not, the doors will be shut. God will turn this thing over and judge. I don't want that to happen, amen. And here's what happened when they were stolen. Look at verse 27. You can't make this up. And King Rehoboam made in their stead brazen shields. He substituted brass shields for gold. Committed them to the hands of the chief of the guard which kept the door. Rehoboam was Solomon's son. And it was so when the king went to the house of the Lord that the guard bare them and brought them back to guard the chamber. You say, preacher, what's happening? Rehoboam replaced the shields. Instead of gold, they used brass. Gold, I've done mentioned it. Let me say it one more time. It, it, it speaks of deity, saints, scriptures, the sovereign, and the sanctuary. Uh, but, but what does brass speak of? It speaks of judgment. Brass is typically a symbol of judgment throughout the Bible and the tabernacle in the wilderness. It was a brazen altar that with the sacrifice was consumed in the fire and Judgment fell on the sacrifice in the bread. There was no judgment or brass in the in there where the mercy seat was. It was all gold. I say hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Judgment fell on that altar. And at the same level, they could go into the mercy seat based on the blood of that sacrifice. Amen. Hallelujah. Brass. Think about this. And and Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Y'all remember the statute that talks about all of human government. And, And remember brass was representative of judgment and of the countries that were going to bring judgment. And you know the most interesting and thing is number 21. You remember when that serpent bit all of those people and they began to die? You know what kind of metal they used to make that serpent out of? You see it on the ambulance. You see it on the EMS. Amen. It's that brazen serpent that 
was lifted up on the pole. And if you look to the pole, hey man, you couldn't get a cure for yourself. You couldn't find a cure. But if you looked to the, praise God, that brazen serpent, which was a picture of our Savior, because when he is lifted up, I know it was because in John 3, he tells Nicodemus, just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Judgment fell at Calvary so we could experience the goodness of the gold of redemption by the glory of God. Church, here's what I'm saying. If you looked, you could live. If you had one eye, Amen. And look that direction, you could live. If you was blind, you could live. A baby can look. I mean, a young kid that knows and can understand could look. Amen. Somebody that couldn't even see could just have their head lifted in the right direction. I'm saying, great God, look to Calvary and live. Judgment fell on Jesus. And when your sin was placed on him, he became the serpent on the pole and consumed all the judgment and all the wrath of all eternity of all man upon himself so that he could dispense the forgiven love and the goldness of his blood. I say hallelujah amen. And here's the bad thing brother he tried to substitute brass judgment for redemption. He tried to he tried to substitute judgment for the sovereignty of God. We are a generation of counterfeits in our day. Here's the message. All of that to get to this. Here's, here's my concern. The generation that we're living in, and I know we're a Wednesday night crowd. I know we ain't gotten hardly half of what's usually here. But God knew this is going to be like this. Maybe the new converts and everybody that's here right now Maybe the folks that's going to listen by way of the CD on the internet. Maybe we need to listen to it over and over again because things that are different are not the same. You can't take a New King James Bible. It's not the same as a king. It's not the same. It's different. Uh, The so-called sanctuaries that's got black and white smoke machines and disco balls, that ain't a church, somebody help me. He's light, and in him there's no darkness at all. We ain't worshiping man. We're not worshiping. To, we're not, well, I'll get my worship out there, trout fishing. That's that, and worship. Yeah, they, they did it over there too. God brought the hammer on them too. That ain't the same. You've got to make much of the sanctuary, much of the sovereign, much of the scriptures. Well, I get a lot of help, preacher, out of of field and stream. But I get a lot of help. I I, I thought about today when Brother Steve Dagenhart was talking about people say they ain't emotional. That's a lie. I've watched people watch Disney shows and get emotional. It's sad that we cry more about... uh, uh, Hey man, y'all know I'm right. You cry more on a Hallmark movie than you do in church. Help me, Lord. Preach on, preacher. Preach on. Hey man, soap opera magazine, my hind leg. Hey man, is everybody okay? This right here is more important. We need to make much of this. I wonder when you get done. I wonder when you come in. I just wonder sometimes if people, when they come in, if you like Bible covers, Brother Bain's one of my heroes. He loves Bible covers. I, I like 
Praise God. But don't be one of them people that it stays in the Bible cover. Don't be one of them people when you come in, you're hiding it because the edges is curled up because it's been out there baking in the sun since last Sunday. I feel like preaching right there. Is everybody okay? I left my Bible in the church. I got 14 at home. Well, it'd be better if you took them with you because it makes the preacher real nervous that you ain't reading it when I got mine on my phone. How's that work for you? I bet that works real good. You can read your Bible on your phone till you get a text, till you get an email, till you get a news alert. That's real. You're not distracted a bit doing that. I feel like preaching right there. Somebody help me. Hey, man. Things that are different are not the same. We're, we're, we're living in a generation of substitutes. These flyers look real. You can sniff them, but they ain't real. They look pretty, but, but they ain't real. They're, they never grow. <laughs> they require no water. <laughs> hey, is everybody with me? They'll, they'll produce no fruit. There'll be no babies born. Amen. They're fake. They're empty. They're hollow. There's no real. There's no life to them. They're dead as last year's bird nest. We're accepting things that are, that are not the same. He, he, Rehoboam said, no need to worry. We're going to bring brass in. Preacher, what are you talking about? Well, I think the purpose of the church of God is trying People's trying to substitute what the real purpose of the church of God is. The church actually, Brother Jared, is sad, has become about everything that God did not intend it to be. <clears throat> not, not necessarily our church, but church as a whole. And if we don't watch it, it'll be right here. So I'm not talking about no other church. I'm talking about this. And this is the only one in our pastor. And I'm trying to get the Wednesday night crowd, the new converts, everybody that's here and me, myself, reminded that we need to hold precious to the sovereign things of God. Amen. To the scripture, to the saints, to the sanctuary, to him and who he is. We got to make much of them. They're precious. They've got to be most important. Hey, listen, you don't try to figure out how you can work the church functions into your schedule. The church function is your calendar and everything else fits in if it can. If we got a chicken fight, you ought to bring a show in a rooster. Somebody say amen. We're going to raise money for mission. Amen. That'll make Peter real happy. I think of the purpose of the church of God. They, they, they're trying to make it brass instead of gold. It's here, brother, brother, I thought about this. I thought about this Monday night. Brother Jimbo Seaton was here. And man, he's like the doctor of preachers. And I'm talking about helps you. And that's what church ought to be. The, the church should be like a hospital that ministers to the needs of saints and provides what sinners need. Would y'all agree? Instead of being, amen, a hospital to minister to, uh, to the sinner and saints, we become museums who magnify, amen, say amen. Hey, we, become, we become a keeper of the aquarium instead of fishers of men. Amen. We become political organizers. And I'm not against anything. I'll put, I'll put voting things out there. I'll, I'll put voters registrating cars out. That won't hurt my feelings a bit. I ain't ashamed a bit. Tell you who I vote for. You can do what you want. 
I ain't ashamed. But it's sad that we'll have more political functions in the average church. I've got so many emails wanting me to come up and I like this guy. I'm not even going to mention who it is. And every time they have it, it's at a church. It's sad that we'll have more meetings about political organizations preacher preach on amen than we do spiritual agonizers we don't need political organizers we need spiritual agon- where's our tears at oh that dear brother preached on them tears Jeremiah said oh that my heaven waters and my eyes a fountain of tears you know what the church is it's a building that will never be demolished amen it's a ministry of evangelization of an expansion building on we're a body that's a ministry of edification in a body that will never decay we're a bride we have the ministry of exaltation we take care of each other we're a bride that will never be divorced I'm thinking brother that the purpose of the church some people are substitute not just the purpose the power of the church charismatic movement this mega church mentality has torn up what should be about the local church Churches right and left are, are developing a TBN, Channel 16. I'll go ahead and say it. Channel 16. Channel 16. Don't, channel, don't make me name it up the mountain. Channel 16. Channel 16. Channel 16. Somebody help me. Amen. TBN, Channel 16. For, in case I didn't say, Channel 16. Charismatic mentality. Where we feel like, here's what we feel like, we've got to put on a show. Ain't about putting on a show. Amen. We, because folks have no fire, we think we got to bring in wildfire. Amen. Got to have a praise team. I got mine with me too. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We got to have a dance team. I got mine. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to dance for Jesus myself. That's what David said. I don't need nobody else to do my dancing. Amen. I'm going to dance for him. Amen. Amen. I believe in the power of the Holy Ghost more. That's much more than anybody in here. I believe in the folks being filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe in folks shouting. I believe in folks doing it right. Amen. But I'm going to tell you it's so sad that we've got we've got so desensitized to just get going along and just going along through the motions. I don't want to just go along. Had to get along. I want to see God move. I want to see souls saved like we've been seeing around here. I want to see saints get stirred up about it. Amen. Amen. Brother Vance Havner said, our normal has been so long subnormal that whenever God shows up and blows through like it should be normal, people around us will think we're abnormal. Not just the purpose of the church. People are substituting. The power of God, people are substituting. The place of God, the place of the Word of God, people are substituting. It's sad that the Word of God is not center in all of our Baptist churches. The pastor or preacher or evangelist or Sunday school teacher the preaching of the word of God, putting out the truth, should be the hub of the wheel. If we're going to have a foolproof ministry with all the spokes in place, then it's got to be centered around the truth of the word of God. 
The song book cannot take the place of God's book, but I love good singing. Amen. A drama can't take the place of doctrine. Programs can't take the place of preaching. Amen. Entertainment cannot take the place of exhortation. Amen. We, they all may have a place somehow in what's going on, but the preaching and the praising and the thank God, that's real and that should be the center focus of everything that goes on at church. Y'all agree with me? Miss Bethany's coming. Here's what I want to close with. Vance Havner said this. Revival is simply New Testament Christianity. So, preacher, what does that mean? He went on to say, it's just saints acting normal. You know why we need revival? Because we need to get back to normal. Amen. Amen. All that glitters is not gold. Don't accept substitute. Everything that's different is not the same. Amen. Don't settle for cheap brass. That's cheap compared to gold. Don't settle for judgment and wrath and discipline and displeasure. Make much of the sanctuary. Make much of the scriptures. Make much of fellow saints. Make much of it. Preacher, I do make much of the scriptures. Then how much you read since Sunday? Preacher, I do make much of the sanctuary. Then why do we let so many things come before church? Say, preacher, this is Wednesday night crowd. We're here. I don't want us ever not to be here. He said, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more as we see the day approaching. Church, this, I know, we know we've got dear people in this church that's really sick with COVID. We got people around them that's sick. For long, we're going to be like Florida. Everybody's going to already have it. We're going to have antibodies and we're going to shout on. Somebody help me. Lowest rate in the country. Somebody help me. Amen. We're going to be. What I'm saying is. This should take priority. Don't accept young people. New converts. Don't accept anything called church for church. Don't accept, don't accept anything less than Bible truth. Don't accept it. Don't just, this is not a club. This is not, this is not just some social event. This is, we come in, the majesty of this place. We had $63 in the building fund when we tore down the old church. We had to sell copper and, and, and metal, Brother Childs. Boy, Dave Ramsey would have had a heart attack. You gotta have three months. Is everybody okay? I'm not belittling you, I'm just saying. This is a miracle. We were slaves to sin. And look how God's prospered us. Look around you and see the saints. This ought to be a fishing pond, not an aquarium. 
This, this is a place folks, folks get, it's a hospital uh, where folks get ministered to. This ain't a museum where we set up wax figurines in the foyer. I don't want to name nobody. This is a church of the living God. We don't worship men. We don't worship totem poles. Amen. Great God in heaven. I'm going to tell you, and earth is going to last. I do, I do believe in global warming. It just ain't happened yet. You wait till the fire falls. They'll believe in global warming then. Amen. It's going to happen all at once. Is everybody okay? God has brought us to this place. Brother Tony, if we don't watch it, we're going to be so displeasing to God and how we surrender and how we're set apart and separated, how we serve Him, that, that He's going to be so disgusted that He's going to allow those things that we didn't think were precious. It only took years before everything that was gold was substituted, stolen and substituted. Church, make much of the scriptures. Make much of the sanctuary. Make much of the sovereign. Make much of your salvation. Make much of the fellow saints. Y'all went in there. Miss Bethany was there. Brother Jerry was there. My wife was there. I was there. So let me share with you a little blessing. We got to see last night. I got to see a grandma have herself a time at church. And a grandpa have himself a time at church. They have been beat. I know just a few things they went through. Whole, almost crowds walk out at once. And they stuck with the stuff. Had the same meeting for 30 years. I don't know, 40, I don't forgot how many years he's pastored. But grandma shouted and had herself a time weeping and praising God. Grandpa's up here having himself a time because his son is on the piano. His daughter-in-law's behind him singing. And the grandbabies is up here squalling, testifying. How about, I just want to thank God I'm saved. Oh, listen to me. It's worth it, mamas and daddies. It's worth it. You say, preacher, I don't see like I'm getting nowhere. You just make much of them. You keep making much of the scripture. Make much of the church house. Make much of God. It'll turn to your favor. And God will give the glory. He'll help you to make much and it'll affect your kids. It'll affect your youngins. It'll touch everybody around you. Let's all stand. Miss Bethany's playing or singing whatever God will let her do. I just wonder if this means enough to you to help us pray about. We've got gold. If you got saved, you're cold. These fires, these trials are just purifying. You're going to come out better. These scriptures we have, they're gold. A, a sanctuary where the Spirit of God moves, that's gold. Your future kids are going to be gold. Don't accept a substitute. The Savior who died for you, that's gold. 
What's waiting in heaven? That's gold. Have your way, Lord. Father, I don't know what all's going to go on. I just pray, God, that we do this. We come here tonight, God, with a sincere sincerity of our heart. We'd accept no substitutes. We'd realize, Lord, I, it was uh, our turning the blind eye to sodomy. It was sinfulness. It was sacrilege. It was the claiming something was church when it wasn't church. It was sin they were indulging in. It was as sodomite. They weren't actually some of them doing it. They were just allowing it to go on. It was societies. It was self. It was sanctuary sins. And, and Lord, you allowed those things that they didn't make much of how to be stolen. Had somebody thought more of it than they did and they walked out with it and they tried to substitute brass for gold Lord I don't want judgment for mercy I don't want wrath for grace oh God no I want to make much of what you trusted me with thank you for my sons thank you for my spouse thank you for the scripture thank you for old timey singing thank you for a sanctuary thank Thank you for souls getting saved. Thank you for saints getting help. Whoa! Hallelujah. I bless your name. But you. Maybe Brother Jerry can lead us in this. Draw me nearer. Oh my, God knows we need him. Hey, make much of your steps in the right direction. Hey, Brother, Brother Child, we have no excuse not to be. I, I'm just going to tell you, I ain't as close to God as I want to be. I'll say it up here. Maybe if you all if you got all of God you want and you as close to God, please stay after church. I, I, I want to take the picture with you. I need more. I desire more. I want to know more about my Lord. I gotta know more. What page is it? Uh, three sixty two. Three sixty two. Stand to your feet. You need to come, come. If not, we're gonna sing at least the first and last verse. Sing us from your soul. I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where Thou hast died. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to Thy precious bleeding side. There are death of love that I cannot know till I cross the narrow sea. 